What's up everybody, and welcome to this week's edition of Da Vinci Cases. Alright, so the way this works is we've got a clinical case followed by a board style question. So we're going to go through the question stem, point out the relevant clinical findings, take a look at the question and the answer choices, and then kind of divert for a minute and go through the relevant concepts to answering the question. Then we'll come back and apply those concepts that we went over to answering the question. Alright, so for this case, a physiology professor conducts an experiment with 10 healthy medical student volunteers. So this is a little bit different type of question. It's not a traditional clinical case. But you will definitely see questions like this on your school exams and definitely on the USMLE, where they'll give you some type of experiment and ask you to apply to some concepts to answering a question about that experiment. So we have some healthy medical students, you know, they're probably in their 20s or 30s if they're med students. They say they're healthy, so just assume that these are young, healthy individuals. Don't assume anything otherwise. You kind of have to take it at face value. The medical students receive baseline blood draws before running a one-mile race. So they get some baseline lab values before they run this race. Then the students receive a second set of blood draws after completing the race. So they're probably looking at changes in lab values after exercising. So after the race, will the following values be increased or decreased compared to their baseline values? And that's exactly what the question is asking you. So you have to come down here. They give you these lab values. And again, this is very common, especially on the USMLE, where you'll see these questions where they'll have multiple values. They're going to have these arrows, and you're going to have increase or decrease. So you want to get used to seeing these. You don't want to get thrown off by these when you see them on the real exam. So if you look at the values here, P50, this is the PO2, or the partial pressure of oxygen, when hemoglobin is 50% saturated. PCO2, this is the partial pressure of carbon dioxide, concentration of lactic acid in the blood, the pH of blood, and then the concentration of 2,3-DPG, or diphosphoglycerate, which is a unique metabolite produced during glycolysis in red blood cells. We'll talk about that in a few slides here. So we look at the key findings of the question stem. Again, it's not a traditional clinical case. It's a shorter stem. It's pretty straightforward, a little bit simpler here. This question is much more about applying concepts to solving the question. So again, it's a study with young, healthy volunteers. And again, they're just measuring the effects of exercise on these values, whether they increase or decrease. So to answer this question, we've got to go over the oxygen hemoglobin dissociation curve. And this is essentially a graphic representation of the fact that as you increase the partial pressure of oxygen in the blood, you will increase the level of saturation or the percent saturation of hemoglobin in the blood, meaning how many hemoglobin molecules are bound to all four molecules of oxygen. So remember, hemoglobin has four subunits, and this is a very simple diagram here. And so you're kind of starting down here where your hemoglobin hasn't bound any oxygen yet. However, it binds that first molecule of oxygen. Now the affinity for oxygen is actually much higher than it was when it didn't have any oxygen. So then you bind a second oxygen molecule. And now the, the affinity for oxygen of that hemoglobin molecule is even higher with two molecules bound than one molecule of oxygen bound. And that continues to increase. So as you bind a third, the affinity is even higher than when you finally get to the uh, fourth, then you're fully saturated. So that explains why this isn't just a direct linear relationship. This is a sigmoidal shape to this curve. And so as you can see kind of in here, this is the really steep increase here and really steep change as you increase the PO2. You see a, a dramatic increase in the level of oxygen saturation. And the reason for that is, again, is this change in affinity. It's called a cooperative relationship meaning as you bind more oxygen molecules, the affinity increases. So we mentioned the P50, and, and we show it here on this part of the graph. 
where again, your 50% saturation occurs at this partial pressure of oxygen. So when the partial pressure of oxygen is 25 in a you know resting healthy individual, 50% of the hemoglobin molecules are fully saturated. And so, and again, as you can see with the curve, as you increase, you know, to 50 and 75 and 100 and so on, you know, you increase that level of saturation eventually to 100%. All right, guys, we're going to take a quick break from the case right now to let you know that DaVinci Cases is brought to you by DaVinci Academy, which provides online video courses for the medical basic sciences. These courses are taught using a variety of teaching methods, including bullet point outlines, diagrams, radiology images, and chalk talks to explain the fundamental concepts. We then teach the application of those concepts to numerous clinical pearls that are frequently tested on medical school exams and the USMLE. Our video courses are available on our website, dviacademy.com, as monthly subscriptions starting at $9.99 per month. Each video course has a corresponding outline format textbook as well. You can find the link to our website in the description below. Also be sure to use the discount code DC20 to receive 20% off any of our video courses. Now back to the case. Now what can happen is, is you have right shifts and left shifts of this oxygen hemoglobin saturation curve. So we'll go over the right shift here first. So if you'll notice the right shift is shown in the dotted line here. And so you can see this, you know, like it says, it's shifted to the right. Now what you'll notice is, is that, as you can see, you can already tell we've increased the P50, right? And so as you, what you'll notice also is that it requires a higher level of partial pressure of oxygen here to gain the same level of saturation as you can see here. And we actually show that here in the graph. We show you here how the P50 has changed. So the P50 has increased. And what that means is, is when you have an increase in P50, again, the partial pressure of oxygen to achieve 50% saturation, what you have is a decrease of hemoglobin affinity for oxygen. Now, what are, what's a situation where that would happen? Well, a very common situation is when you have increased metabolic activity. So let's say, for example, an exercise. You're running, you're burning a lot of ATP to keep up with the energy demands. So you have increased metabolic activity. What happens with metabolic activity? You're producing a lot of CO2. So we'll come down to this little chart here with our lab values and keep track of this. So during high metabolic activity, you're, you're producing a lot of CO2. It's a waste product or byproduct of you know, metabolic activity. Like we said, the P50 is increased. We've already increased that. Now, when you have increased levels of metabolism, you're actually going to be switching eventually from aerobic to anaerobic respiration. And so when you switch to anaerobic respiration, remember that results, that part of glycolysis shifts towards producing lactic acid. So you actually have a high level lactic acid. This is when the muscles start to get tired. They don't have as much oxygen readily available. So they have to switch to anaerobic respiration because they just don't have enough oxygen readily available. And then they end up producing lactic acid. And this is what actually get, contributes to an individual getting muscle cramps after they've been exercising for a while. So you have increased levels of lactic acid, increased levels of PCO2. Remember when you increase the CO2, you actually also increase the acid content in the blood. So you increase PCO2, you've increased lactic acid concentration. What do you think that's going to do to the PDH? It's going to decrease it. So this all makes sense. The other thing that happens with metabolic activity is you have increased temperature. You know, you're producing heat as a result of high levels of metabolism. And so all of these factors, high levels of CO2, high levels of lactic acid, and a decreased pH, and then an increased temperature, all of those will shift 
cause a right shift of the oxygen hemoglobin saturation curve. The, it's actually called the Bohr effect, where increased PCO2 causes a change in the hemoglobin uh, curve here. And it actually doesn't necessarily correspond to the right shift. It just corresponds to the fact that the level of PCO2 in the blood, and then as a result of that, the acid level and pH have an effect on hemoglobin's binding affinity for oxygen. So what this means is we've, we've said decreases the hemoglobin affinity for oxygen. And that makes sense. You're dumping more oxygen. You know, this, these tissues, they're under a high level of metabolic activity. They're using up a lot of oxygen. They need more of it. So it's just really the tissues are essentially sending a signal to the hemoglobin that, hey, we need more oxygen. Give us more. And so you shift this curve. Hemoglobin holds onto that oxygen less tightly and dumps it off and gives it to that highly active tissue. Lastly here, you have 2,3-DPG is actually increased. And 2,3-DPG binds to hemoglobin and also causes less affinity for oxygen. And this is a result of a byproduct of glycolysis in red blood cells. And so again, we'll just show you this right very quickly here. This is a diagram of glycolysis. This is actually from our biochemistry textbook, our outline format textbook and our video course available on dviacademy.com. So a little plug for that. If you want to learn more about biochemistry, be sure to check that out. We won't go through all these steps of glycolysis. That's for a separate lecture. We want to focus on here in red blood cells. You have this kind of bypass step that occurs. So at this point, you have, they have this enzyme that's unique to red blood cells, which is called diphosphoglycerate mutase. That's not important necessarily for this particular question. But it's important to know that there's a unique enzyme for glycolysis in red blood cells. And it produces this 2,3-bisphosphoglycerate. This is the same thing as 2,3-DPG. Unfortunately, it's one of those things in you know, science that have multiple names. And the reason this occurs is, is that the red blood cells will actually increase production of 2,3-DPG in conditions where the tissues have lower levels of oxygen available. And that would be in areas where you have high metabolic activity where you're using up a lot of oxygen. The reason that happens is, is that release of oxygen from red blood cells is prioritized over the glycolytic activity of red blood cells. So the red blood cells kind of take a hit for the team here and they increase these levels of 2,3-DPG in situations of lower oxygen or high metabolic activity in peripheral tissues to help further stimulate the release of oxygen from hemoglobin. So very quickly here, the left shift. So you can see this is where it moves up and you're as you can guess it, we are decreasing the P50, so you need less partial pressure of oxygen to reach 50% saturation. What that means is that you are increasing the affinity. And so if we come down here, we show that here where the P50 has switched, it has uh, decreased, as you can see compared to our line here. This dotted line represents the left shift. And this occurs in situations such as where you have actually decreased metabolic activity. So metabolic activity really drives this oxygen hemoglobin saturation curve. And that makes sense because the tissues that have the most metabolic activity going on, the most active tissues, they need the oxygen versus the ones that are less metabolically active. So situations where you have less metabolic activity, you have decreased CO2 produced. So you have decreased PCO2. You're not using up as much uh, oxygen. You don't have to necessarily switch over to anaerobic respiration. So you're going to have decreased levels of lactic acid. You have decreased PCO2, decreased uh, hydrogen concentration. So your pH will actually be a little bit higher. Again, this is that Bohr effect. And then in situations where you have more abundant oxygen or lower metabolic activity, 
red blood cells aren't going to produce as much 2,3-DPG. So that'll be decreased compared to relatively normal conditions. And again, here we said the P50 was decreased. So this is what happens in a left shift. So if we come back to the question here, again, these students are running a mile. And so they're going to have increased metabolic activity. which will then produce more PCO2 plus more lactic acid and then increased levels of 2,3-DPG. So let's go down. I'm going to show you a trick here for these questions where they have these arrows where you can actually help you kind of narrow down answer choices, especially if you're in a situation where maybe you know like one or two of these, but you're not sure on the, you know, one of the other ones or you have no idea. First, you always want to look for ones where it's always the same because then you know to just move on and don't think about it anymore. So you look here, all of them are all every, in every single answer choice, the P50 is increased. So right away you can move on. This next answer choice, so you have PCO2. So you want to think about PCO2. It's actually increased in high levels of metabolic activity. So you know any of these answer choices where it says the PCO2 is decreased, you can actually cross it off. So answer choice A here, you can cross that off right off. You don't even need to look at the rest of it. You already know that this is wrong. Come down to answer choice E, you can see where it's also decreased. Okay, moving on. So lactic acid, we know, is increased after exercise. And so, again, it's going to be increased. So any answer choice where it says it's decreased, you can uh, cross that one off as well. If you look, we've already crossed the one out that actually says it's decreased. All the rest of these three, B, C, and D, says it's increased. So right now, we don't need to think about that anymore. We can move on. Then the pH. So you know you have increased PCO2 as a result of that increased acid level. You also have increased lactic acid, so you know the pH is going to be decreased. So any answer choice that says the pH is increased, you can immediately cross it off. So answer choice B says the pH is increased, so we know that's wrong. Answer choice C says the pH is increased. Again, we know that's wrong. So right now we've already got our answer choice. We didn't even need to think about 2,3-DPG, but let's just for completeness sake finish it out. If you remember, increased 2,3-DPG. Again, red blood cells increase production of this during states of low O2 because they want to stimulate hemoglobin to uh, let go of more oxygen to help supply those tissues that need more oxygen. And so in this case, you have answer choice D. And this also corresponds to a right shift. All right, that's all I have for you this time. Be sure to check out all the DaVinci Cases videos available on our YouTube channel and our website, dviacademy.com. The PDF notes for every DaVinci Cases is also available on our website. Also be sure to check out our podcast, The DaVinci Hour, where we interview attendings and residents across medicine to learn more about their experiences, their specialties, and to get their insights on navigating a career in medicine. You can find The DaVinci Hour podcast on our website or any platform where podcasts are found. Lastly, you can find all of our video courses and corresponding outline format books on our website. Don't forget to use the discount code DC20 for 20% off.